If you're going to do navigation, don't try to play music. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 93. We're going to discuss the state of motovlogging and set the stage for a future topic with tonight's guests. And before we do that, let's bring in the other parts of our podcasting crew here, starting with Mr. Maracle tonight. How are you, buddy? Oh, that sounds good. What is it? I know where Amps, or our guest uh, day job is, but I'm at his competition. I'm having some coolers light. Oh, oh man. That's, that is going to get you run out of the city, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say coolers light. It's coolers. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry, not the light part. So how you doing, my friend? Not too bad. And we, we don't know if we'll have Mr. Hogan tonight. We'll say as of now, we don't, but if he shows up later, we'll, we'll get him and joined into the fun. Yeah. So what, what beverage are you partaking in tonight? Well, you know, I like my beer a little crafty. So this is of course. Bird Song Brewing Company. It's called Doing Time. This is a wit beer. Ale brewed with spices. And that's a low one, John. This is 4.3%. And it's also in the can. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, I spilled it. You spilled it. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So, so since Rico's not here, and earlier this week, we were talking about motor blocking. We brought on a good pal of ours to join us and talk about motor blogging. And that's right. Now, before you do it, I have to set it up properly. Okay. So let's welcome in Travis, a.k.a. <laughs> Otherwise known as Amp Moto. What's happening? Right, what's up, guys? <laughs> Not much, my friend. We thought you'd appreciate having your, you know, your ride-in music to get started, right? My special intro. <laughs> yeah, you do a good job on that. In fact, we went by uh, a couple weekends ago with with Bacon and uh, Happy Jack. We went by that church. Oh, the the one from the first trip. Yep. I haven't been there in a while. I think that was the last time I was there. Yeah, it was pretty cool down there. So since so I'm not sitting here hogging all. What are you drinking tonight, my friend? I'm going the craft route too. Um, I'm having a Bell's Oberon. Oh, it's nice. a wheat beer as well. Very nice. Very nice. Can- canned or uh, it's bottle. A bottle. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably already been drinking on it. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, we'll enjoy your beers. So yeah, I think we're gonna we'll skip the new topic sound for tonight, but that's kind of our main topic is we want to get into I guess what we're calling the state of motovlogging and Amp's been doing it for some time and I know John you hang out with a, a bunch of the guys in the what do you call your Twitter group nowadays? Is it still the Moto Nobodies? It is. Very nice. It is. It's it's pretty much kinda of got quiet. You know, it's only what is it, Amp about four of us really pretty much talking there now? Well, for the most part, yeah. On the most part, on a consistent daily base, uh, Cruiser Bruiser's got a different job where I guess he can't really chat no more. Right. So it's uh, Amp, Bacon, myself, and Matthew. Rogue Mogul jumps in here and there. A lot of them got kind of quiet. So it's not a thousand messages a day like it was? 
<laughs> no, no. No. It, that was bad, and Amp, you probably know that was when Cruiser was the other job. I mean, that phone was lit up all day long. Oh, yeah, he had nothing to do. <laughs> cool. Well, let's get a little background. So let's talk about what you're riding, you know, what your iron is, how long you've been riding, if you've had, you know, other bikes in the past, and if you have more than that, that beautiful V-Rod in your garage. Um, as of right now, the V-Rod is the only bike. It's not the only one in the garage, but it's the only one that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. I know there's another bike in the garage. <laughs> yeah, my brother's is still sleeping in there. I know how that goes. And, and what year is that one? Mine, it's a 2003. It's the 100th anniversary edition. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So so just to, to let the listeners know, if they're not following his YouTube channel, the are those tins that are on it is that factory or is that an upgrade because that that orange flame job is gorgeous yeah it's it's a factory anniversary paint job but it's their like extra limited version of that because all the other anniversary editions are like i think brushed aluminum and blue Mm -hmm. so it's it's the rarer of those nice so do you have two sets do you have the originals and the painted ones no, those those are the ones that came on it. It's it's stamped hundredth anniversary in the paint. You just can't see it in pictures. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That was one of the the nicer paint schemes I think that they've ever done. It's what drew me to the bike. Very nice. So, how long have you been riding, roughly? Uh, since about the age of eighteen, I would say it's when I started riding on the street. I was about the age of eighteen, and um almost 28 now so almost 10 years all right not bad so john we have a youngin in the house i think is what we're saying we youngster <laughs> since he's our a youngster but he's ridden a lot since our age now starts with a four <laughs> <laughs> as tough as that is to say it does now before the v-rod what did you ride before that uh let's see uh i actually when i was let's just start from the beginning uh when i was learning I had a friend who had a uh, Ninja 250, okay. and I borrowed that a lot, and that's what I practiced on to get used to uh, riding. Well, then I was like ready to take my license, so I moved up or I bought a ZX6R and uh, went and got my license with that, and then uh, rode that until its demise, <laughs> and then... Waited a little while and bought the V-Rod. In between that, I've rode my dad's bikes. He had a CBR 600. He had a Bandit. I don't remember how. I think it was a 1200. And then a ZZR 600. So I've ridden others, but I've only owned the two. Got it. Cool. Suzuki, right? The Bandit, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Yeah, it's a Suzuki. Oh, that's cool. And we're going to talk a little bit later. I know you've you've kind of got your eye on some bikes I'm interested in, but we're going to keep that under our hat just for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on on the motor vlogging topic, let's let's start there. So I've talked to to John about this quite a bit, you know, offline. We haven't really talked about it in the show all that much, but I'm always curious to know, you know, why why people do it. You know, sort of, do you get something out of it, or is there a specific motivation? Just, you know, what what draws you in to actually do the blog in the first place? Um, For me, uh, well, when I had the sport bikes, I never even attempted it. Like, it never crossed my mind. Right. And uh, But I've always been into cameras. Anybody who knows me, I have a ton of cameras. It annoys my wife to death. 
<laughs> so it just kind of fit. When I got this bike, I was like, you know what? Why don't I use the GoPro on the bike? And for a while there, it wasn't really a vlog. It was just I would use a chest mount or something. It was just for me. And then uh, I just found YouTube videos of other people, and I was like, that's cool. And so I just kind of did it because I thought it would be fun. I didn't do it for really any purpose for anyone else. And that's still kind of the way I look at it. So, I mean, I guess no no, no master plan to it. <laughs> All right. Let's see. That's cool. Um, so how, how long have you been doing that? I think you're at 99 videos now. I was on there earlier today. I think that's what I saw. I think right around two years. It could be more. But consistently, I'd say for about two years. Now you're going to have a big party for 100 videos, or did I just ruin that? <laughs> well, I was going to, but, you know. Oops. <laughs> no, actually, I, I don't even keep up with that number. Because I know some people, isn't Matthew doing, like, season slash episode numbers? Yeah, Matthew does season slash episode numbers. Well, no, I think he changed. I think he changed. Let me see. I'm looking right now. Yeah, somebody in the group was doing that. It was like S. Matthew know. was. Oh, yeah, Matthew is. Yeah, he's doing season three, episode 30 now is where he's at. I think Bacon was does that too. Bacon used to. I'm looking as well. Yeah, Bacon used to. He doesn't do it anymore. No, oh, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I mean, a lot of podcasts, most of them that, that I listen to anyway, still do episode numbers, even if they're in the hundreds, like the high hundreds. So I always wonder at some point, like, do you just drop that? You know, like, does it not matter anymore? So it's I never started to number it. Like, and I looked at other people who did that and I was like, well, maybe I should have. But eh, looking back, I mean, I don't regret not starting yeah. with them. Well, then you 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 don't have to bow to pressure of like, what are you going to do for your hundredth episode? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that or I, I feel like I would be in the middle of a you know a video and I would name the wrong number, yeah, thinking yeah. So I avoided that problem. Yeah, yeah. I know when I do blogging, it's very, I get distracted very easily, and I start paying attention to the road, and that starts really messing me up, and I kind of lose train of thought where I'm at. So I try not to do it with a lot of traffic, and it's it's a learning curve. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back to the the state of motor vlogging, but since you you said you're really into cameras, let's dive into the equipment a little bit. So I know you run with two cameras, GoPros, I'm assuming. But what uh, what's your equipment outlay? Uh, currently, the setup I use is two GoPros. I've got a Hero Four Black and a Hero Five Black, and then I use them with the uh, Cena backpack. To record the audio to my 20s. Okay, that's the current setup. But I also every now and then I'll, I've got a Sony action camera as well that I'll throw in for a rear angle. But I just don't. I haven't been using it a whole lot. So mostly you have so on your profile photo you have one on the helmet. So you mostly do like one on the helmet, one on the bars looking back. Is that the main setup there? Yeah, the one on the bars is the one recording the audio. Um, so it's kind of there all the time, even if I don't use the angle. <laughs> uh, and the one on the helmet without, I didn't want the audio in the helmet because it just, without having to worry about the audio on that camera, I can keep it more streamlined. Right. Yeah. Cause that backpack adds quite a bit to the, the casing, right? The housing. It adds to that. And then the look of the housing just stands out like a sore thumb that it's on your face. <laughs> Don't want to ruin oh. that beautiful V-Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look cool. So, okay, so the Senna is on the 
the four on the handlebars. That's interesting. And yes. John, I think you already told me this, John. It doesn't work with the, the new five? Correct. Dang. So it I, does not. I want a new camera, but I also don't want the wire of the lav mic. So I've been wrestling with, okay, I want a new camera, but I also want the backpack. So, because I only, I only have a three plus. I, I'm trying to talk him into getting Cruiser's uh, backpack, but he won't bite. <laughs> Is he selling it straight up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, maybe yeah, I will do that the, then. You're getting a discount on it too. Yeah, you're you're basically getting the the case for free. The friends and family discount. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it works with a three plus. It does. That's what I have. Okay. Now, 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 real quick about that. I thought Cruiser said he had problems making it connect with it. No, the three plus. The only issue he had with it was you can't do pass through charging mm-hmm. with a three plus. You have to have four or. Or well, I guess I say or newer, but a four is the only next, you know, the next one. But is the port still open so you could run like an external battery on the camera, or that gets used up no. by the backpack? The backpack er, takes that. I got it. I got it. Now, since he says that, I mean, did he have to issue? Because I know he had a humming noise. Is that what happened on the on the with the pass through, or just doesn't charge at all? I think he said it would stop recording. Okay, because I know, one. I know I've had issues with some of my videos when I had the pass through connected, and it would have a humming noise in the background, and I think it, I found out it's due to the cables I was using to the battery pack was my problem. That's possible. So every single one of my videos ever has been used with pass through charging. So I've I haven't really had any issues. Yeah, and and I know that, and that's you're my go-to person when I'm working on stuff. It's like I know you have hit a lot of the stuff and worked on a lot of it, so you're my go-to guy. <laughs> so, so video-wise, is is GoPro pretty much the way to go? Or if if money was no object, are there other cameras you would look at? Uh, not for me. I think GoPro GoPro's the the number one. A lot of people argue that. Sony and Sony does have good quality. I'm not going to say their quality is not on par, mm-hmm. but just available mounts, ease of use, just everything about it. I, I just prefer the GoPro. Yeah, I have to agree with Amp because you know I started out rich using two knockoffs, and the quality and stuff just didn't work very well. And then when Senna came out or had to realize about the backpack with the Senna and the GoPro, that really sold it. I mean, you don't have to worry about another mic. Now, Now, the only bad part about the backpack is that your music and your nav goes away. You can't have it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how much of a problem that would be. I, I kind of like what Amp was saying is maybe the camera, you just use the, the B camera for the audio. So if I could still get a new GoPro, stick it on my helmet, do the, the sexy chin mount like you guys do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I could stick the backpack on my three plus and just make that a, a secondary camera, either you know front shot or pointed out the rear of the bike or something, but just something to grab the audio, and then sync that up with the main video later. That might be an idea. Yeah, it's a, it's a streamlined idea. It just makes it easy. Oh, but wait, if I connect it to the center, you're saying there's no navigation. There's no Correct. no audio. Oh, that's a that's a killer. I kind of need that. The only way you get around it is you have to turn the backpack off. No. <laughs> Do what? No, what good is that if you turn it off? <laughs> well, 
you plan to blog, you turn it on. When you're done, you turn it off. Now, I'm not sure what amp do you do that, or you just don't go music or... I don't really listen to music when I ride, and I don't... I use GPS a lot, but I just glance down at the map and kind of figure out where I'm at. I don't really need the audio. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of take it the other way with GPS. I have... You know, I have a cruiser, a uh, soft tail deuce, and I don't, I just stick the phone in my pocket and use the turn by turn, which can bite you because if the Bluetooth loses its connection, then you stop hearing anything and you don't know until you've, I don't know, John, how many miles did I go past the exit <laughs> that day? <laughs> what exit was it you going to? You remember I was coming to meet you in the middle? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go up 485. And I don't know how yeah. much you've, you've been to Charlotte down here, Amp, but. So I'm in South Charlotte. So basically I would get on at like Providence road and it's, you know, it's like 25 minutes, maybe up to 85. If I went that far, you went that far and about halfway is where I was going to turn, take side roads up to meet John got, got on the bike, started GPS. It was giving me turn by turn somewhere on 485. It just went out and I'm riding and riding and riding. And I ended up at 85 and I was like, well, now I have to take the highway because now I, you know, I'm going to double back. I'm going to lose a half hour. I'm like, forget it. I was so mad that day. <laughs> well, you also realized it was due to Apple's maps. You're using not Google maps. No, it was the other way around. I was using Google and then someone said that, that Apple would keep the connection better, but I've since had really good luck with Google maps on the, the headset. So I'm going to keep, keep doing it. And stop playing music. That's the other thing. Like, if you're going to do navigation, don't try to play music. Just pick one and ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I I don't use the audio because of the kind of like the opposite of what you said. Mm-hmm. The audio confuses me because it'll wait till the last second to tell me I had to turn, or it, I've found a lot where it tells me you know go left when in reality it's on the right, or it's too soon. It's like yeah. Especially on the highway, I can barely hear it anyway. I just know that it's saying something, and I'm assuming I need to get off soon. So I'll slow down and pay attention. But yeah, it's like, you know, you need to turn right. And it's like two miles up the road. Uh, On the interstate, what I found on that is on the interstate, it tells you two miles before the exit's coming up. Yeah, it's it's speed-based. If you're over a certain speed, then you get a two-mile countdown. Otherwise, it's like half mile. Right. So... Cool. I'll stick to glancing at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- doesn't your phone heat up on the on the handlebars like that in the sun? No. no, you would think it would, but no, I've never had an issue. Which is odd because I've never ever had an issue with that on the bike, and I've had that issue several times in the car. Yeah, I know. Um, our our other co-host Rico has had that several times with his phone. He's had it on the handlebars, and it just heat up to the point where it would just shut down. I wonder if that's because I don't have a windshield or anything. So yeah. maybe the air airflow. Yep. I wondered that too. Yeah. He has a full fairing uh, Indian roadmaster. So that could have something to do with it. But I mean, I, I, I go to Alabama all the time and that's a good two hours straight. And I use the GPS almost every time because I try and take a different route. Yeah. And I've never had an issue. I'm actually headed there uh, tomorrow afternoon. Oh, wait, two hours to Alabama. So which part of North Carolina are you in? I'm in Tennessee. Oh, you're in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Why did I think he was in North Carolina? That's Everybody rogue. else is. That's rogue, rogue moguls who I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, rogues in, is in here in Raleigh. 
That's right. So you must hang out with Bacon a lot then. Uh, not as much as we should. <laughs> You're closer to Cruiser. Yeah, I'm about 45 minutes from him. We'll have to put a link to the notes, John, on that first meetup we did when we sort of introduced everyone. Yeah. I don't remember which one that was, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. TD, get on it. All right, do you want it now? <laughs> you have to do it right now. <laughs> All right. I feel like I have to boss you around at some point in the show. It wouldn't be right if I didn't. I know, right? Ah, let's see. Video style. Are you uh shoot it raw and post it kind of guy, or do you edit and fiddle and, and re-edit and you know make sure the color's corrected and all that? <laughs> uh, well, a little bit of both. Um, every now and then, if, it's, if I'm just bored, I'll tweak the color just barely. I don't, I've never done anything drastic, mm-hmm. and I don't do any actual editing. No special effects. No, I don't you know, cut things to seem like it's something else. I just cut it out to where all the dead space essentially. Yeah. And then, uh, put it together and render it out. I don't, I don't do a whole lot with it. I guess let's take a step back a little bit on the, the overall feeling. So I know from talking to John, I know you guys all talk in, you know, in circles that are doing the moto vlogging. What's, what's the current scene like nowadays, you know, especially in light of monetization. I know that's been high and low and, you know, the future is unknown, but you know, what, what's your thought on the whole scene at this point? Um, I'm the only thing I've noticed with the monetization thing changing is, uh, I think people are getting, I don't know. Well, they're doing advertisements. I'll say they're getting outside ads brought in. That's the only thing I've noticed with that, but I don't follow anybody really big enough for that to matter. Right. So meaning they're getting a sponsor outside of YouTube and then putting it right in the video directly. Yeah. Yeah. Just the other day I watched one that was, uh, you know, it was like in a video game, uh, a phone app video game and they were advertising it in the middle of their video. <laughs> that must've been interesting. On yeah, the it bike. was a little weird. No, they were in, they were in their garage, but it was still a little weird. Oh, that's funny. We're going to get some for you, John. No, channel. no, I'm not big enough. Yeah, me either. <laughs> and that's the other thing I think is consistency. Don't you kind of agree, Amp, to get, I'm not saying everybody wants to grow, but to make your channel grow, it's got to be consistent. Oh, yeah, that's a huge factor. And I, I struggle with that myself because usually I put out a video just whenever I have time because yeah. I'm, really, I'm not really trying to grab a specific group of people or anything. Um. I kind of like what what you guys have done with your the Moto Nobody's group is it seems like a nice tight little community. It doesn't matter which video I'm watching, I see the same, you know, let's say a dozen or so people over and over. So it's it's neat to see that community building in YouTube just around, you know, the whole blogging concept. It's kind of cool. Yeah, see that's kind of what I was going to touch on when you asked about how the community as a whole was doing. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I feel like as a whole, motovlogging, like you hear about, it's just everybody's doing it and it's too big. And then you've got a lot of, I don't know, there's like drama involved. <laughs> drama. But, but that but that really only seems to happen, you know, with a select group of people. While, you know, like the large channels. Right. While, while everyone else, like our group, for example, seems to be becoming more of like a, like a social platform. Yeah, it's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah, you guys are really... You've you've turned YouTube into your social network, if you think about it. Yeah. 
I mean, I met every one of these guys through YouTube. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And kind of just to kind of go about it, and I think we talked about it with somebody. I don't remember what, but I mean, we communicate like daily with everybody. You know, every day I chat with Amp and Bacon and whoever's in there, we chat. Two minutes, five minutes, an hour, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's just cool to see like, you know, uh, just think about like, you know, 10 years ago, I couldn't do that. And now I have friends that I would have not, you know, I wouldn't have met had it not been for motorcycles and, and motovlogging. So for me, that's like, that's the cool thing about it is meeting people that I can now call my friends. Yeah. Yeah. The meetups, you're right. When you extend it to things like that, where, you know, everyone does a ride or even if just, you know, because you're local, if you and Bacon or you and Cruiser go for a ride, that's, that's, you're right. That's something you wouldn't have done maybe even 10 years ago. Well, probably longer than that because there were other social networks out there, but, but yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Now what about other videos? You ever thought about doing something that's more, uh, let's say we'll use the term evergreen, you know, like something that you would produce and, you know, it wouldn't be like the, the spur of the moment topic or, or what, I don't know, what would you call it, John? Like the, you know, the weekly series, you know, where you are just keeping something going every week, but something that just the video would stand on its own for, you know, for a longer period of time. You've thought about making videos like that? Like outside of motovlogging or, or with motovlogging? Yeah. Or, or with your bike, you know, maybe like a, you know, a really cool long distance ride or, or, you know, a multi-way bike shootout demo ride kind of thing, you know, something that would, it, yeah. would, it wouldn't necessarily be a vlog. It would be more like standalone video. Yeah. 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 I, I've thought about doing that kind of stuff. It's just currently, I'm, I don't have that ability right now. Um, but down the road that, that that's something that's going to happen, especially like you said, with the trips, I would like to start doing that. And, uh, yep. and down the road, too, my wife wants to start going as well, so it'll kind of be our videos. Nice, yeah. And you have all the gear, so you're just shooting all the time, and then then assemble it into something when you're done. Yeah. Now, to kind of go across with that a little bit, and Bacon he- or Amp has done. Yeah. Um, and it came up from one of our other things daily, like his job. I know he's done like a daily video blog that he started doing some. It lasted very shortly. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, when you when you decide on a schedule, it's a it's a commitment. No matter what it is, it is a big commitment. And we went through that going from biweekly to weekly. In a way, it doesn't really seem that much different. You're like, well, we just record once a week, but you know, we effectively doubled the number of shows we were doing. Yeah, and and the thing is, is one of the other guys that we chat with, hang out with Reggie with two G's, which. I guess he's been swamped with work and stuff. He was doing daily blogs. What did he get to amp? Like a hundred or three hundred? Yeah, he was he was almost. I don't think he reached three hundred, but I know he was around two hundred videos somewhere in there. Daily, consistently every day. Wow, that's crazy. That's no editing. <laughs> no, that's pop the memory card out, snip it, and publish it. <laughs> I don't know. He did some editing. He had to do some of it because you'd see him like. Okay, here guys riding to work, and then here he's talking, and like fast forward, and here he's at job, and mm. so he had to do bits and pieces. I watched some of those. Amp, I'm not sure if you did. Yeah, I watched some of them. Uh, the thing for me with those type of videos, even I'm not really his, but like for me, the reason I only did it, I did it through winter just to have something to do, and uh, the reason I didn't keep doing it is because I feel like 
it's the same thing every day. Like I go mm-hmm. to work yeah. and it, you know, I, I don't want to make a video about that every day. Same road. Yeah. Or similar roads, maybe the same couple of routes. Yeah. But I don't know how far you're going. It's the same every week, at least, even if it's not every day. Yeah. Yep. I like the variety though. I mean, uh, the different channels that are out there, you know, I'm, I don't have as much time to watch, so I, I kind of get snippets of it, but it, you know, I just like how topics come out almost out of thin air. You know, everyone has a different a different topic they're thinking about, or sometimes you get the back and forth between the two different channels. But I guess that speaks more to the community again, where you, know, you might have a topic and then John picks up on it and says, yeah, I'm going to expand on that. And, you know, we had some of that as well with some of our shows where, you know, we've had a topic and people have thought about it and put it back into a video. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. That's like, yeah, yeah he did that one video with um based off the show with the autonomous cars yeah that's what it was i was struggling for the topic but <laughs> thanks <John. laughs> i was like it was uh something <laughs> yeah and see that's what i like about it though like with the community for me is because you can do that and I, and people think you know well i don't want to steal their topic well if it's my topic i don't look at that as you stole it i'm glad to hear your opinion on it i want to hear your perspective right well and yeah. it and in a lot of cases, you're just expanding on it, or it's it's just a spark for an idea. It's like, yeah, you know, I heard somebody talking about this, and and I have thoughts on it too. Maybe it's different, maybe it's the same, but yeah, I agree. It's not, it's not topic stealing. It's just adding to the conversation, really. Yeah. So since we talked a little bit about what cameras you use, what do you use currently for editing, hardware wise and software? Good one. Uh, well, the last. I'll say the last three videos uh, have just been iMovie on the MacBook Pro. Uh, very basic editor. Um, but it gets, you know, it does everything I need it to do. Um, but before that, I uh, I used more intensive stuff. I had a After Effects and Premiere Pro. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I did, I've, I've dabbled with all of it. I just, I don't really need all that right now. And what way do you, if someone was getting into it, which way would you recommend? Keep it simple. If you if you start overthinking your videos and thinking you have to put a lot of editing time into it, you start to, I don't know, you take something that could have been good and you just start to destroy it after so much. Yeah. And you kind of have to, it's like learning anything. You have to take it in phases. Like, you know, we do some videos from time to time, but I mostly focus on stuff that adds to the show. Like, for example, this probably a good time to mention that i finished my my moto guzzi mgx 21 demo ride so we we kind of do stuff like that it's you know i do a demo ride that was a show topic back at like 85 or so and you know we publish them in in that way but it's the same kind of thing if i get too crazy with the editing and you know try to add all this stuff and effects it's just going to take away from from the feel of the demo ride and it's going to take more time to just get the darn thing out the door. You know, that's the, that's the second half of it is if you want to do that, it all just adds time to the workflow. Yeah. And with something, uh, I don't, I mean, it may be not with this area, like a motorcycle is not going to go out of date that quickly, but you know, like if you take too long on it, it's no longer, you know, it's old news. Yeah. A bike, a bike comes out, you know, it's brand new and you know, you don't ride it. When it first comes out, you know, you might take six months and if you take six months to get the video out, now that bike's a year old. <laughs> you know, it's not like, hey, I'm riding this new bike. It's like, well, no, there's, you're almost in the second year of that bike. <laughs> at that point. Yeah, and 2,000 people have already made 
videos about it. Yeah. Yeah. And just going back to the tech, you know, I started out, I have Adobe Premiere CC as well to edit. And that's what I was doing it in. And Amp started talking about using the iMovie on the Mac. And I have done it on my video that I have not put up yet. I started using it. Yeah. And it is a lot easier to use it than Adobe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I've mostly used iMovie for about three or four years for, for the videos we've done. Now, if I have to do something complicated, then I will, I will fire up Premiere and do that. So, for example, you, you know, you guys can relate to this. My mount on my helmet isn't the best. It's not the chin mount. It's off to the side. And if I don't get it straight, it's kind of off. It's like tilted off to the side. Uh. And there's no way to fix that in iMovie that I'm aware of. So I pump it into Premiere and then I can, I can rotate the video to the left and level it out so that you don't have to watch it with your head cocked off to the side, you know, because my camera was on lean. So if I have to do advanced <laughs> stuff like that, I'll fire up Premiere. But otherwise, yeah, iMovie, iMovie just gets it done. You know, import, snip, transition, you know, a little text, maybe music. And then, of course, the audio the audio is where I get a little crazy. You know, I export it and massage it and process it, shove it back in. So I probably That's spend, one thing I've never done is fold with the audio. I'm mainly doing it for loudness normalization. So I'm the same. You have the option in, in iMovie to do that. Yeah, I noticed they added that, so I, I might not have to do that anymore. But same thing we do with the podcast. You want every episode to be the same volume from week to week, and you want it to be the same volume as you know NPR or Twit or any of those you know big shows. You know, that's the last thing you want somebody to turn on your podcast, and they got to go crank the volume up or down, right? <laughs> so that's mainly why I do it, is just to keep it consistent. I agree. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't not touch the audio because I just don't care. I just have, that's one area that I've never fooled with. So I'm like, I'll just mess it up. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> and it sounds decent. Yeah. I like, I make it work with the hardware so I don't have to fool with the software. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing with audio is your ears will tell you if it sounds good, it's probably good. You know, that's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I go through a lot of trial and error with my mic placement mm-hmm. to, to, to make that better. Now you are currently using the dime mic, correct? Yes. And it's kind of like, if I'm correct, it's in front of your front cheek pad, kind of in between that and the, because I think you wear a full face in front of the helmet, right? You kind of got it like hidden up there. I would say it's like right to the left of my mouth. Okay. But it's not by itself. I've, I've made a uh, windscreen for it <laughs> and I, uh, I've got a, uh, a dead cat on it. To okay. Block wind noise as well. I don't think I have that much of an issue with the showy because we have the chin skirt on the bottom of the helmet, so I don't get much wind. I didn't. I don't feel like there was a lot of wind, but I noticed that, like when I'd record, there was. So okay. I guess there's more wind than my ears pick up. <laughs> That's the same thing with Rich with audio. I mean, he can pick up little tidbits of in the audio, and I don't hear it. He's like, "Do you hear that?" I'm like, <laughs> "Hear what?" And he goes, listen. It's like, you don't and hear I, that, huh? And he points it out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a skill. Yeah. So what are, what are the things with your camera before we get to, like, uh, riding gear and bikes? Any specific mounts that you found are, are better or worse or things, you know, accessory-wise that you should be using? Uh, the only thing that I would 
like to recommend is uh, if you have the older style GoPro mounts, I would recommend getting their new ones. Uh, the new versions, I, I don't know if it's Hero 5 related or not, or if it's just the new mounts they make. They have a rubber uh, lock built onto them. Okay. Instead and the of the way they're, little toss away part that came in the bag. <laughs> yeah. Instead of that little white piece. And uh, it, they're more streamlined and the way they're shaped, like instead of a J mount, it's now an L. Okay. So I feel like you get more range of motion with it. That's a good idea. But yeah. I mean, other than that, I, I don't use anything special. I've got that L mount on the front of my helmet and then that's about it. The, the other thing, and I'm not sure if you're using it, are you using the Surgoop stuff? To mount no, to the helmet? I've got the regular GoPro mount on mine. Okay. But I will use the Sugru if that mount ever fails. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's something I'd recommend because, I mean, even when I put mine on, the, the 1200 and how the curve is, the, the regular mount didn't hold. I mean, the sticky just the helmet was just how it was curved. So I highly recommend that to anybody. We saw uh, Matthew's helmet get run over almost. And that stuff didn't, that, that mount did not move one inch. Yeah, that was impressive. And see, but see, I wonder though if it's a lot of people who have mount issues with GoPro, aside from the curvature just not matching, if it's because you have a glossy helmet. Like my, my helmet's matte. So it doesn't have that glossy finish. And then my other helmet, even though it's a gloss helmet, the part where the mount is sitting is not. So I wonder, I wonder if that causes. You know, I'm on my 1200. It's a matte black and matte yellow as well. And it just, just the curvature and the mount, it just wouldn't stick. Okay. Like I got like two spots where it not stick and that was it. Yeah. The, the, the Shoei's RF 1200, it's not the, it's not the mount from like left to right. It's not that curvature. That's relatively flat. But let's say north and south, there's like a crease in the center of the chin. So instead of it being really flat, you know, it kind of comes down about halfway and then there's a crease, almost like a body line you'd see on a car. Okay. So it makes it hard to, I haven't put one on mine mainly because I don't know if you saw mine, but it's custom painted. So <laughs> I don't really want to put anything else on it. I don't want to mess it up. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I have to say as well on camera is that I liked, and I looked at Senna's prism. And their cameras because they would clamp mount. Mm. Yeah, and I like the idea of having the communicator and the camera be one mount to the helmet. That that's really intriguing. Can question, Mister John, <laughs> TD Extraordinaire? Can I put a 10C on my base mount? No, they're all foiled. Maybe Amp can help as well. I don't think that is, am I right, Amp? I think the 10C has its own. Is it the 10C? Is that the one with the camera? Yeah, the clamp is different. Ah, oh, darn. They've got a new one coming out, too. Actually, it's already out. The Evo? Did it yeah, finally the, release? It was supposed to release in May. I never followed up on it. But. Oh, it has not gone out. Okay. The 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 sad part is that the 30K and the Evo has been so delayed, it's not funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's still See, I was going to wait for that. 30k and then instead i was like yeah i'm just gonna get the 20s the difference is not enough for me to pay a hundred dollars more well the interesting thing on that is that uh people i have 
locally ride with that have not had Senna's were trying to get the 20S. And the 20S now is like $300 by itself. What? Yeah, they have the, so I think the supply is so limited because of 30K that they don't have it. So, you know, Rich, you and I got that dual pack for 400 bucks. That pack now is like $600. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, what's the 30K? Nobody likes it? No, they haven't released it. They've been having issues. Oh, everybody's been waiting for it, so they've been running short on the existing ones. Correct, because at last year, they're supposed to drop this out. Last year, I think in May, and it's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Yeah. And since we're sitting here talking about Senna's, I can honestly tell you I've used the Ride Connect app, and I'm not impressed with it from Senna. Yeah. I have yet to use it, but I've heard, I get mixed reviews. I hear You say that, but then I'll talk to somebody else and was like, you know, they're, I had a conversation with somebody in a different state and it was great. So, so kind of to expand on that, the day that we went to the Hootenanny, uh, Mike Kelly and myself were connected with Harley Trek and text writer, I think it was Paul. And I think maybe Bill and, I would be driving along and all of a sudden my connection would drop out. It would just like stop working. I had to restart up the app, connect back in and go along, talk, and then it would drop out. I'd hear them fine, but then they couldn't hear me. Huh. And then Patrick from Connecticut was coming down and he was trying to join and his was gay. Patrick has joined. And then we wouldn't hear anything. He says, now Patrick has left. <laughs> and we didn't hear anything. He said he was screaming in the thing. So it just didn't work very well. And I thought maybe it was due to the fact that I was using an Android phone. So I switched to an Apple phone and still had the same problem. Hmm. So was it the same carrier? Because you and I had a bandwidth issue the day that we had that latency. Well, that day, you have to remember that day when I connected, I was out at Topsail Beach. On the coast. Well, and, and I was in an area, I had very little cell signal. So right. I don't know that our first experience, I'm not sure, even though we did dog on it <laughs> pretty heavily. <laughs> and I'm dogging on it again. I'm, I hate to, it's using cell phone data. Yeah. Plan. And, and in my opinion as well, is that if you're riding in a group and all your riders are there together, you don't want to delay to say, hey, watch out for something in the middle of the road. Just make a phone call. Well, yeah, but then the, how many people can you get on a phone call? Conference call? Uh, I think like 10. Do they offer free conference phones? Like multi-way calling? I'll, I'll check my bill. I think it's... I might be mistaken on that. Conference calling, I know we have that on our line, but I don't know how many it is. You talk, I'll look. All right. So that's that's my opinion there, and what I've done. I mean, I, it makes sense. I mean, I guess it, I guess it's probably a great app if you have perfect signal. Yeah, and not and then sprint. after that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> after that, it just is kind of terrible, which is not good. And then most motorcycle riders are not going to ride where there's perfect signals. They're going to be up in the boonies. Yeah, I mean, yep. prime example: if you went to tell the dragon, there is no cell phone for service, so you're done. So it wouldn't work at all. I heard a bunch of people died there recently. I don't know if that's true or not, but well, I, wasn't there a big? There was like a bad weekend recently. I yeah. think it might have more. Wasn't I know Matthew talked about the Grom 
crawl? Wasn't there a bunch of stuff that happened that weekend? Oh, there was a ton of them that wrecked up there, but they, they were just immature kids. Um, I mean, seriously, they a couple of them wrecked because they were trying to, you know, ride beyond their means. And then the rest of them wrecked in a pile up because they were too busy looking off at them and then would hit the people in front of them. So nobody got seriously injured in that, though. Oh, uh, yeah. I had a contractor here today and we were just talking about riding and he said, yeah, there was a, a bloody weekend, like three people died like one or two in a car and some in a bike. Mm, but I don't know. I don't know how recent that was, but it happens. I, I know it does. I just, I didn't hear anything about it. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, John, should we talk about motorcycle gear a little bit or do you have more questions on the no, on no camera I, stuff? No, I'm, I'm pretty good on the camera stuff. I mean, um, I'm good. All Check right. out Amp's videos. I will honestly say he's one of the, I really enjoy your videos, Sam. Not you know, you, you do a really good job. Not trying to boost you up there, but I I do enjoy watching <laughs> yours. I appreciate it because sometimes I wonder if my videos are worth anything. <laughs> well, I think the hardest part is engagement. Like I end up watching a lot of YouTube videos, and even as a content creator, I I comment and like very little for for whatever reason. I don't know why that is, but YouTube is my primary source of video consumption. And I'm on there every day for, I don't want to say several hours, but, you know, I watch a couple of videos every day, but I interact very little. So, you know, as a creator, I just look at the, the watch numbers, right? If they're going up, then I know I'm having an impact because the feedback seems to be pretty small. Well, the, the one thing that I'll say about comments, I watch a lot of people, motor blogs, I'll give them the thumbs up, you know, to enjoy them. Rarely I'll comment because it's like if you go read the comments, everybody's just comments something else. What do I add? Great job. Right. Okay. Somebody else already said that. It's I, I I don't know. That's just my opinion. I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I like to get comments if you have something to say, but I watch a ton of YouTube videos and I, I comment on not even ten percent of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you can gauge, you know, kind of your reach based on you know, based on that type of feedback. So I just look at the, the raw numbers. Right. For the most part. Now I'll tell you that if, if you put a video out and Matthew watches it, he'll comment. <laughs> Matthew, I think comments on every video. Nice. Yes, he does. <laughs> cool. Riding gear. Riding gear. So what are you wearing? Vest, full jacket, an AF full face helmet. What's, what's your preferred setup there? Full face helmet for sure. I will not wear anything else. Um, and then it just depends on the weather. If it's super hot and I'm staying around town, mm-hmm. then I'll do the vest. And uh, then I'll jeans and a pair of riding boots. And then uh, if it if it's not too bad or I'm going a long distance, I've got an Icon textile jacket that I'll wear instead of the vest. Nice. Is it? Uh, I always wear gloves too. Perforated to. or no? Just Teflon or Teflon it, textile? <laughs> it's just textile. It, it breathes decently though. Okay. You approve, John? I know you're a big gear guy. Is that good enough for you? <laughs> hey, it's whatever the person wants to wear. And and yes, I wear my gear, but you know, as a person, my view is understand the risks of what you wear and you know, do what you want to do. You know, I've got somebody I ride with like you, Rich, that's brain bucket and nothing else. Yeah, John gives me crap all the time. It's 
Well, I also look at what you got. I mean, you have your boys, you have the misses, you know. This is true. But it, it comes down to comfort. You know, that my my deal is is I, I like to wear as much gear as I can, but when it's not comfortable and it starts distracting, then it's gotta go. So yeah. I've I've become used to the full face helmet. I don't particularly like it for the most part, only when I'm you know, in the rain or, you know, trying to go high speed for a long period of time, but I don't really like it. You know, under anything under eighty miles an hour, I would assume have my half helmet, you know, with the good goggles and and now earplugs. But so I've come to get used to the full face helmet, and then there's just other things I just you know I just can't I just can't do it. It's just too much. Yeah, I used to not be a stickler on that myself, like with the helmets, and I'm still not. Like I don't care what anybody else wants to wear. Yeah, but uh, after I had a pretty bad accident, and after that. And I saw the damage to my helmet. Like where it was damaged, it was not where a half helmet would have been. Uh-uh. <laughs> so like I, I can't like I have to have a full face helmet. And and that's and that's what's interesting is that you understand the risk. If yeah. you're fine with accepting the risk, fine. Wear what you want. Is my opinion. Don't preach to me. I'm not preaching to you. Just yeah, understand exactly. the risks. I know some people will say, you know. Some of our listeners are like, at a certain mile per hour, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, That's I true. agree there. I don't I don't think it matters. Yeah, over a certain speed or in certain situations, I don't think it's going to make any difference. But I think for the low speed stuff and, you know, kind of the incidental accidents that might happen, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure a full face helmet is safer. But, you know, if I, if, I, if I fall down on the interstate, you know, going 90 miles an hour, I'm not sure the full face is going to matter. Especially in no. traffic. It's the stop that gets you anyway, not the impact. Right. <laughs> yeah. And going back to talking about the helmet and not trying, and we can move on after this, is that when I took my riding class, uh, safety class, the instructor got hit by a deer and the deputy came, or the state trooper came and found a guy and brought his helmet and he brought the helmet in and you can see where the visor is. It was all just gouged up from the road. And if you had a half helmet on or something else, it his face would have been ripped. Yeah. So, I gotcha. Nothing on that. We'll move on. We're not going to preach gear. Off the gear. Let's talk a little bit about bikes before we get into some, we'll say one news topic. We're going to punt the other one and see what, <laughs> see what happens there. But future bikes amped. What is on your list of future bikes? I know you've got the V rod. You love it. You've had some other sporty bikes in the past. So what does the future look like for you? I want a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. <laughs> I want it all, damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, eventually I wouldn't mind having something like a street glide or a road glide. Okay. Uh, but I would also like another sport bike. Like, if I go sport bike again, I want to go something just special, like a Pinagale or something. Mm, like a, like just a crazy, insane super bike. Yeah, like, I, I don't want a R6. Like I've been, I've been. Panigale's gone. You got to get one this year. I get an old one. I, I don't <laughs> like the. I don't like the new engine. That's a topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either, but not on that bike. It's the multi strut I don't like. Oh, don't let Brock uh, hear you. Yeah, yeah, he loves those. I, but I want an ADV bike too. So I kind of want like a little bit of everything. All right. John, okay. John's waiting for you to say it because he knows. 
He knows I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> so, so, no, no. So, so, so I'll name so in our chat. FJ09. <laughs> there you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> hang on. What's the better one, though? Because, I mean, you were talking as our conversations roll out. You're chatting with wife on the, on the bikes. And, you know, you sh- showed her the Concourse and the FJR and, and the FJ and, and all the other ones. And which one did she pick? She also picked the FJ09. Get out. And that, that was with no coaching. All I did was take, I took a bunch of pictures from Google of the different ones I liked, and I sent them to her. And I said, which one do you like? And that's the one she sent back. Nice. Which is good. It's over then. I think you can stop shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And what's really cool, what Rich was looking for this and talk about this, is that if you find a leftover one, you can get them for 8 k new yeah well yeah if you want the early ones i've seen 15 leftovers probably not now but yeah as low as like 8500 brand new still yeah there's a uh uh there's a 15 model here like 30 minutes from here and it's 80 i think it's 85 yeah i want to i want a 16 in black that's what i'm looking for now the question is is there anything going to be, I mean, since you guys are following it, anything going to be coming out in the 18 model, do you think, Rich? Do you think they're going to add cruise control? Or you don't think they're um, going to do that? On the that only bike? thing I saw, and I don't know how, I, I don't know enough about them to know, is that I've heard that the 2017 model changed uh, the oil pan yeah. screw, yeah, the, the drain plug, yeah, to where it's not susceptible to being knocked off. Yeah, on the earlier bikes, it's the lowest point on the bottom of the bike. So if you bottom out, that's the first thing you're going to hit the ground. It's the old plug. <laughs> that's what I was saying. I didn't know. I haven't really looked at them enough to know that, but I, I heard that. Yeah, that's a concern, but I'm, I'm also kind of thinking the bike sits fairly high. If you bottom that out, almost want to say you did something wrong, but I know people are going to jump all over me for that. But it's yeah, it seems like you really did something wrong if you bottom that bike out. Like you might have a bigger problem anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like a speed bump in the corner is about all I can think of. But well, it depends on where you are. If you take it off road, it's not an off road bike, though. That's that's what I'm saying. You you're doing it wrong. Yeah, it's a sport tour, not an ADV. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not a super Tenere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Yamaha makes another bike if you want to do that. <laughs> and before you got on the app, I you know kind of told rich this and he said if you get on this bike forget it it's gonna be sold <laughs> that's why i'm not test riding it right now and 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 if you listen i know you listened to the last show rich had the fz09 which is the same engine same chassis it's just a little more sport a little more sporty yeah you loved it didn't you well i didn't like that riding position so that was the the selling point for me on the fj09 is is the way you sit. You sit mostly upright. And it's, it's not the stupid little windscreen because I'll probably just rip that thing off. But it's more, it's just the way you sit. You sit more upright. It still felt nimble enough. I mean, it didn't feel super tall like when I used to ride the KLR. It didn't feel that tall, even though it is a fairly tall bike. It just, it had almost the perfect riding position for what I'm looking for. And the FZ was just a little tighter. My feet were a little tighter. It was a little more aggressive lean in the seat. And the seat itself was a lot more uncomfortable. Now, granted, this was a 2014 and it was a rental bike. So keep that in mind. But 
I just I didn't get the same amount of comfort, but I still love the engine and the the light chassis was just so much fun. See, that's what I'm looking for is I want something that can be fun, but comfortable if I want to because I want something to take on a trip. Yeah. So I want it to be comfortable. The FJ09, the way I think of it is like it felt like the the sport bike you could ride all day. You know, if if I could could say it that way. You know, it's like you took you took a sport bike, but you just made it comfortable enough to ride it all day. And, you know, put some bags on it and do a little bit of touring. Uh, those bags, pretty awesome. I, I did look at those. I like the way they're set up. I can't see the bike without them, to be honest with you. <laughs> when I see the bike without those bags, I'm just like, oh, 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 put it away. Put it away. It's, something's missing here. Yeah. I mean, it's not a pretty bike, I'll admit it. You know, I... I'll even go as far as to say it's an ugly bike, but it doesn't really matter behind the bars. No, it's it's not meant to be a show bike. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like my soft tail, right? If I wanna if I want people to look or think that they're looking, I'll ride that bike. <laughs> yeah, and in fact I think um when we were heading up to the tail, I think there was two bikes that went by doubled up and they're I think they're FJ 09s and they were hauling. They weren't scooting around. I mean, they were just, they were going. Yeah, it is not, is not slow, that's for sure. And it's light. That's the thing. I want, I want the bike to be light. I don't want it to feel like it's just this enormous machine. And when I said on the FJR, that's kind of what my mind says. My mind says, ah, this is a lot of bike, you know, with all the extra fairing and the longer wheelbase and things like that. I've not ridden it, so... To be fair, you don't know, say I've not ridden it, but it just feels like a lot of bike. Yeah, I've sat on one of those as well. I haven't ridden one, but it, if I felt like when I sat on that bike, it felt like I was sitting on something massive, like a Goldwing. Yeah, this huge spaceship. Yeah, you're like you, you know you're on a a lot of bike at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like the Street Glide or well, the Street Glide doesn't feel that big, but like an Ultra, I guess, an Ultra Limited or. Electroguide Classic or Rico's Man Couch Roadmaster. <laughs> you know, you know, you've got a lot of bike. Yeah, I don't want something in that thousand pound lineup. So, yeah, yeah, we got to do it. We got to, we're going to do a future show, I think, on sport touring bikes. So, I have to ride a couple more. I want to ride the new Ninja 1000. I think that's on your list, right? Amped? The Z1000, uh, what is it? No. SX or no, not the Z1000, just the, the Ninja 1000. In Europe, I think it's called an SX. But yeah. in the U.S., I think it's just Ninja 1000. Okay, I, the Europe name is the one I looked at. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I called it out on a show and then realized that we can actually buy the bike here. So <laughs> thanks again, Creative Riding. <laughs> which, I was like, damn, we can't get any good bikes here. Which one are you talking about, Rich? The Ninja? Yeah, the Ninja 1000. Yeah, it's on Amps. Um, instagram page okay the green one with the bags on it yeah it's a cool looking bike but it it just seems like it might i haven't seen one of those in person but it seems like it might be kind of big i don't think it's big it's it's gonna be sport bike size you know like more like a super sport size it's not gonna be like an fjr it's gonna be more like riding you know like a zx10 Ah, in terms of the size of it if it was ZX10 size, that might be okay. I was kind of wondering if it was going to be more like a sitting on a Habusa or a ZX14. No, no, it's not that big. Not the 1000. I, I saw the old one in person, the, the 15 or 16, 
So I haven't seen the brand new one yet. This is the one I want to ride. But yeah, and it it looks more like a ZX10 with you know bars on it instead of clip-ons and you know bags on the back. Okay, so it's not too bad. Yeah, not as aggressive as as the ZX, but you know somewhere in the middle. And I, and I would think you know Rogers in the live stream, he's got the big concourse, and I would say the the Ninja 1000 is somewhere between those. You know, it's not as it's not as stripped down as the FJ, but it's not going to the FJR or concourse size either. It's somewhere in the middle, seems to be. And this is where I was going to go, is that Roger has the concourse, and he's like, go buy it. <laughs> it's a lot of bike, though. I'm not, I'm not looking for that much bike. Not yet. Someday, maybe. But right now, I'm looking for a smaller, lighter bike. Yeah, so the concourse, is, I'm reading on Kawasaki's site, is a, is a soul of a Ninja ZX-14R. Yeah, it's a, it's a bigger bigger chassis. Right, so that's it's on the 14 chassis. So you're right, the... the What does that Ninja weigh? 1000. Is that under 700 pounds? Is that around 650? Give me a second. So that's the other thing. Amped is the, uh, the FJ09 with the bags is only just a tick over 500 pounds. There you go. 760. Really? That's, that's shocking. Oh, it is that heavy. 760. Okay. That's he as heavy big as and heavy. Deuce. He says it kind of is big and heavy. Wow. But come on, Roger. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of having that big 1400cc? Like, just get a lighter bike and go with the leader. I think the Ninja 1000 would probably eat its lunch in terms of speed and handling. But then again, it's maybe not going to have the comfort either for the long haul. But I don't know. I got to ride it. See, that's what I'm looking for something. Like, I want something touring capable, but I also want something that's still fun. So when I'm not, you know, it's not like I can tour all the time. So if I want something to just go have fun on, I want it to still have that kind of sportiness to it. Well, that brings up the age-old argument. Do you want one bike to do it all, or do you want two bikes? No, I'm keeping the V-Rod for sure. Mm. <laughs> that, that one's not going anywhere. So, yeah, John was all over me on the FZ. He's like, he's like, you're going to get an FZ now, right? And I'm like, no. You mean I'm the like, FJ? I'm like, the, I have the R6, which is a lot closer to the, the FZ. Oh. Yeah, no, the, I would still buy the FJ for sure. Yeah. And I and I know uh, talking about in the same line we're sitting here talking about Matthew's been thinking about the if he when he dies decides to look at it, he's looking at the Kawasaki versus yeah see I don't I don't like that platform that's getting more towards the ADV side and I just that's not my aspirations I want it smaller and lighter yeah I'm not I'm not really a fan of those either yeah well a thousand they're just a little those are a little tall for what I want to do that's all. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Cut you off there. No, I'm I'm just looking at something. Continue continue on. I'm looking at something real quick. I feel like if I went that route, I would want when you get more ADV, I I like the Africa twin. That's still my favorite. Yeah. That bike is tall. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I guess yeah, if I was buying an ADV bike, I don't know which one I'd buy. There's there's such a big crop of them out there. I'm yeah. not quite sure where I would go. I like my KLR, but that's not quite big enough. It have to be bigger than that and i don't want to go super crazy like the the ktm you know 1190 adventure r or whatever that crazy thing is i don't know if i want to go that far it's got to be somewhere in the middle like you said maybe the africa twin is is the sweet spot that's why i like it because it's not it's not overly big 
but it's still big enough that like it, it's still touring capable. <laughs> but you can still take it off road, and it, if you drop it, it's not going to kill you to pick it back up. Yeah, and the expense—the more expensive those are, the less you want to, you know, really tear it up. Like I, I would feel horrible buying a like the big GS BMW and just oh, yeah. you know beating it out through the woods. Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it. So just to let you know, the versus one thousand, the FJ are competitors. They're the same height. Just so you information. Sort of, yeah. The seat height on the FJ is taller than the than on the Kawasaki by point two inches. So, hmm. okay, yeah, I don't know. Something about the versus is not grabbing me. I, I know it's in that in that field, but and in fact, uh, well, there you go. The FJ is almost ninety pound, eighty pounds lighter. Yeah, that's the key. It's light. I really. That's another thing I really enjoyed about the FZ is how light. It was. It was really refreshing to ride a bike that light and nimble. It was nice. But Roger's still trying to sell the KTM. <laughs> 1290 Duke GT, he says. <laughs> if I didn't care about two up. I yeah. I still kind of feel like the Yamaha, too, going against the Versus. I feel like I trust Yamaha a little more. I think the more the more sporty the bike gets, I would I would not be afraid to do the Kawasaki. Like the you know, the Ninja one thousand, I wouldn't be afraid to go that route, but Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think we're going to be busy, John. We got some bikes to ride. Well, okay. You go hit them. And if you do buy that FJ09 amp, you got to come back for sure. <laughs> oh, it'll be a while. <laughs> we're going to pepper you like crazy. I've got some other things lined up before that before that hits the top of the list. Yeah. All right, one more topic, John, or you want to we want to punt this one too. No. Nope. No, nope, we can go. If Vamp wants to go, we can go. All right. Indian has released a new model, quote unquote new model, use that term loosely, the Scout Bobber. So we already have talked about the Triumph Bobber, which we haven't had a chance to ride yet, and Harley's Street Bob. Now Indian has a bobber with the Scout. What do you think of this one, John? Mm. 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 Not not your deal? Mm. Wow. All right, well, I'm going to move over to Amp then. <laughs> Have yeah, you seen ahead. this bike yet? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at it now, actually. It, it doesn't look bad, but as a person who's never been an Indian fan, I can't say I would even look at it to buy one. Ouch. Oh, good thing Rigo's not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good thing. Well, it does have part of a brown seat. So we'd be scrapping. <laughs> I mean, we had some chat with the guys, and, you know, the biggest thing it says just likes to, they, just cut the tail, you know, off the regular scout and left the exhaust and everything. But nice if they changed the exhaust a little bit and did something different. It it looks like it it does look like it uh is marketed towards the younger crowd though. I'll give it that. The thing missing for me, and I think Harley does the styling better, not just because I'm a fan of Harley, but if you look at the street bob. And I have a quick link there, John, in the notes for you if you want to run to it. It does have a bobbed fender, but it has a little more fender. Like I just feel that the the fender on the fender approach the Indian took seems to be a little too small for the rear fender. To me, I think that bike needs a little more fender on the back to really to complete that look to make that line. Just it, it's not going to take much. Maybe like another two inches, maybe three inches at the most, and then you can cut it, undercut it, 
but it needs a little more fender on the back to me. It doesn't look finished. I just found the picture of the rear. Yeah, you're right. If it, if it would make a little bit of that down curve, it would look so much better. Yeah, because look at the street bob. The street bob's got it. You know, it's the, the profile is perfect. Just round it off, undercut, dynamite. Yeah. And the tall better. bars. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have the, the Triumph, to be honest. The Triumph bobber. Have you seen that one? I don't know if you've seen that bike in person. That's a good-looking piece. Triumph makes some really good-looking bikes to me. I've just never looked at them because cost of maintenance. Can be, yeah. See, the thing is, you think about Bobber, you think old school. I mean, my opinion, Triumph hit it. They're making it look old school. Yeah, the Indian doesn't look old at all. No, that engine just looks like all they did was cut the tail off, lift the same engine from the Scout, and they left it everything the same. They, they didn't make it old, look old school. And I, I don't like the profile of the Scout anyway, just in terms of, I think we talked about this when we went to the Easy Rider show, is whenever you customize a Scout, that center core never changes. The radiator bracket, the bracket, yep. the, the cast part under the seat where the shocks mount, none of that ever changes. So when they customize bikes, it seems like that center mass never changes on a Scout. So you probably can't because everything is there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, these are big cast parts. Like they're not, they're not things that they can really cut and and customize. So you're left, you know, trimming and bolting on things around it, and you still have this center mass that I don't enjoy anyway. I think I've always thought that about Indian, though. I think they go after the like you, like from a marketing standpoint, you have this demographic that loves Harley and like the aesthetics of it. And then all the people who do not like that, that's who Indian tries to get. And so it's like you hear the mass majority of people say they don't like it, but then there's like a group that thinks that's the better way. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, I guess either you like it or you don't. You know, if if you're if you're not gonna buy a Harley at all, then Indian's really your only other choice other than a you know, a Japanese cruiser. Just talking about that. Shall we ask Amp his opinion about that Japanese cruiser that's coming out? Which one? The Yamaha. Oh, the big one? The, uh, yeah. Gosh, what is that thing called? The Ventura? Venture? The big yeah. touring bike? Have you seen that thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a hoss. <laughs> I, I actually really like, I really like it though. I really do. It looks ridiculous enough that I want to ride it. <laughs> well, you, you're sitting there talking about that with Amp. I mean, Amp, you're talking about getting a street glide, road glide. I mean, that's your competition there. I mean, that's something you don't want Indian. So there's something for you to look at. Oh yeah, when the time comes, that would that's it's definitely going to be on the list. I just I mean, uh, I like it all the way around. I think that's an awesome looking bike. Yep. Other than everybody hates the back end. I don't mind it because I feel like you can either take that, which I mean it's not amazing, or you can go and get you know a street glide or you know an ultra or whatever. Yep. And they all they all look classic to me on the back, and so right. it's just something different. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, going back real quick about the Indian, I know we're jumping around here with Rico, is he didn't want a Harley, he wanted something different. So it was an Indian for his choice. And then, you know, or when it went to... Or Victory. At the time. Correct. And then you kind of go with the... This past, when I went to Hootenanny, I mean, everybody had 2016, 2017, street glides or road glides. That's, everybody had one. There's everybody's bike. It was no variety. 
for sure. I think the Milwaukee Eight has has generated some good a good amount of interest in those bikes. Although you know, Harley sales are down again, but I think that's still I think that segment for Harley is still hot and it's still increasing. You know, the Milwaukee Eight has done nothing but just add more fuel to that fire. Hey, I know how they can increase sales. How's that? About the live wire. I'm not even going to talk about that. <laughs> I didn't even hear that, Mr. Miracle. Hey, I'm just telling you. They want to increase sales. Get to the market first with that. Yep. At least Zion and I are going to get them day one. So do you uh, guys think that Indian is going to start putting victory-ish bikes out? Probably not. We've had several people tell us it's probably not. It's not in their DNA. I don't think so either. I just wonder because, I mean, you got a, a huge, like everybody that's been used to Harley and used to, like they're not going to, for the most part, they don't jump to an Indian because cosmetically it's a complete different style. Agree. Like Rico's bike. I, I'm sure like riding that bike and taking it places, and I'm sure it's an amazing bike to ride. It's just not my style. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, even with their dark horse one where they tried to make it, I mean, it's a little better, but it, I mean, essentially the lines are the same. Hmm. So I wonder if they're going to like try and shift, even if it's not victory ish, if they, if they're going to try and shift to some sort of more modern look. Yeah, we'll see. The, the only ones that I like are the, I think it's the elite line that they're doing where they've, they've trimmed the front fender. So it's not the big full full fender you know so it exposes the brake calibers and things like that i like that direction of style but that's more of a a a special bike for indian like that's not going to make it into their core product yeah that's just not their thing so i mean that one's starting to move the needle towards something i would like but it's still gonna have to go quite a bit further (laughs) and you can't see me but i'm pushing my hands (laughs) (laughs) i'm like trying to push stuff off my desk As the the fairing and stuff on that one still is still going to have to have some drastic changes. Yeah. All I mean, right. The other thing, oh, real quick, about Indian is that you know the front wheel, and I'm not sure if you hit it. Is everybody, all the bikes except the Scout, has the same more or less look, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They all look the same. Oh yeah, yeah. That Elite is the only one where they've they've started to open up, open that up. I mean, you go look at them all. Springfield, Dark Horse, the Chieftain. Oh, hang on. Oops. Oh, the Lim- Chieftain Limited. They changed the front fender. Oh, oh and and Elite. All right. So pretty much they all have the same look. It's like, okay, for sure. All right. So I think that's enough on the Indian Scout Bobber. We're not feeling it. We'll wait for Rico when he gets back. We'll have to put it in a U turn and, and get his take. I know he kind of likes the Scout as well, so it'll be interesting. Well, one of our listeners, like his uh, wife, bought a Scout, didn't he? Chris? That's right. Yeah, Chris's wife got a Scout. Is this a Scout sixty? I think. Yes, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's a good looking piece, though. And Roger says they all have the same lackluster engine, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll mark him down as being not a fan. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, good thing Rico's not here. Oh, Hogan's gonna tear it up next week for sure. Yeah. All right, quick U-turn time. Well, yes. Here it yeah. comes. All right. All right.
couple of quick U-turn topics, and then we'll we'll head into the downshift because we're we're getting a little long here this evening. Uh, my video is up on YouTube, or it will be by Sunday. Uh, we did a did an early release for the patrons for like the first week. So my Moto Guzzi MGX21 Flying Fortress demo ride is finally up there after getting that put together and trying to fix the audio because my my mic was not in the best of locations and it picked up a ton of wind noise. So I chopped out most of the highway riding and just kept it to the side roads where it wasn't wasn't so terrible. So now since you had an amp on here, did you learn anything for you for your next video? On that one? On how to fix it so you don't have that wind noise. Well, your I, mic is- I need to not have the mic in the wind is really the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you fix it. And that's the fix. All right. And it's pretty jarring because you you watch that part and I you know I basically softened it, did a couple of filters to try and, and get rid of it. And then when I switch over to my my Harley and ride home, I fix the mic and my helmet. <laughs> so now like my voice is clear and booming and but on the other ride it's just like you hear like a lot of and then oh this bike is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. So yeah, check that video out. That should be up there, you know, within a day or two of this episode coming out. So uh, let's see. And I have another video from my ride down Palomar Mountain when I was in California. That's not quite ready, but that should be out this week or so. And John, we got to talk about some land speed records. Land speed records? Really? We'll keep the Indian freight train going real quick. Oh, all right. So Indian went out. They did some testing for the ride they're going to, or the the ride they're going to do in August. So this was to honor um, the legacy of Burt Monroe. So they went out there and did some testing and they ended up breaking three records. Oh yeah. So we'll put a, put a link to that in the show notes. You guys can check out the articles that we found on that, but um, Chet Mickelson or Michelson, he's an engine calibration tech at Indian. He laid down the first record in the modified push rod gasoline class with a 2000 CC well, 2000 cc class. I don't know if that if the bike was 2000 cc's, but it was a 2015 Indian Chief Classic. He ripped off a speed of 154.132 miles per hour, breaking the old record of 151. So that was number one of the day. Okay, <laughs> Johnson, not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Now, now the biggest question is, I mean, the bad part is, is it's not a regular street bike. I mean, they. Got this thing so aerodynamically designed. No, that's the streamliner. We're getting to that one. This was this was an Indian Chief Classic. Oh, okay. Are you nice. more impressed now? All right, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All, all right. right. Second rider was Lee Monroe himself. So he'll be doing the the honorary ride in August. Um, but he did, he was in the modified partial streamliner class, thirteen fifty cc. And he needed to get over 167 mile per hour for the new record. And he did that handsomely at 186.681 mile per hour. Mm. Nice, huh? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. One more for the day, if that's not enough for you, Johnny John. All right. Come on, man. Give me the next one. <laughs> I'm Give probably not going to say it right, but I will say Dan Jarvis or Gervais, perhaps. He's another engine calibration tech at Indian. He was in the modified gasoline class with a lightly modified 2015 Indian Scout, and he had a speed of 154.354, 
just edged out the previous record of 153. Okay, not bad. Not bad, huh? Some some quick Indians out there. Hmm. I guess that lackluster engine does have something, huh? <laughs> yeah. What do you have to say now, Roger? <laughs> but a bigger question is: just how much tweaking did they do on it? Yeah, lightly modified doesn't really tell me much. So I wonder. I wonder how how much modifications, and then of course, what did they do? Was it, you know, was it air cleaner, ECU pipes, kind of thing, or was some of the internals massaged as well? That would be good to know. Jet fuel, and then it blew up shortly after. <laughs> it's oh. like one fifty one, two, three, four, kaboom! <laughs> oh yeah. All uh, right, Rico's gonna kill us. Well, all right. All right, Anth, we've got one more, and then we're going to get out of here. Have you had time to put together your eight days a week? Uh, Seven things for your garage and one project? Anything. Sort of. Anything. It would be mostly just building my stable of bikes that I want to have. Good choice. Good choice. So you got Street Glide, Finagale, Africa Twin, and then I want a CRF 250. Africa Twin. I'm slow on the typing. (laughs) <laughs> CRF 250, okay. <laughs> then from there, I go to cars because I'm a big car guy too. Okay. And uh, I would like to have one of the new Camaros. Oh, the SS. Don't. Cammed. It's got to be cammed. Money's no object. Did we say that? I- I'm not into exotics. Okay, just saying. <laughs> just, just in case you wanted to, you know, wet your appetite a little more. <laughs> uh-uh. I'll get there. <laughs> I'll, I'll just give you that one next. Uh, I want to, if money is no option and availability as well, I want a Shelby GT500, a 67. I want Eleanor. Ooh, there Ooh. you go. That's my favorite car. Do you know that they do make the GT1000? Yes, but that's not Eleanor. I know. <laughs> but I wouldn't mm. mind having the uh, the new Roush F150. Don't I'm not even a Ford fan, but I love that truck. Okay. And then you're already at seven. Don't go crazy. Uh, no, that's my project now. My oh, project, project? Okay. Is uh, I want to get an old Beetle and rat rod it. Oh, John likes that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always had, wanted one. I had one. Any year preference on that? 60s? I, nah, I don't really have a preference on it. I just want the old, the old style Beetle. Mm hmm. Uh, it's got to be the hard top. I would like to have the European edition because they have some different marker lights on them. Hard and, top uh, Euro edition. Okay. And then I just want to make it a rat rod. Depends on what you do with the suspension. You might want to go with a 70s model because the suspension in the front is better than the 60s. That's going to be, it'll be bagged. <laughs> it's not going to matter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I had a 69 and the front end was just crap so it's going to be heavy on the rod light on the rat uh yeah uh it, it's just going to be it's, it's going to be rust though i want the rust patina nice awesome all right john i think that's it i've got another i got another new segment we're going to save that for next week all right we'll save that for next week i think we've kept amp long enough we have events are we dropping that bomb tonight or no yeah we should drop that event we, sh- we need to drop that news we need to do that Events. What do we have? I'm going to hit up the Ray Price Capital City Bike Fest here in September. It's right down the street from me, so I can hit that up. Okay. Then 
we all and and the sad news, we'll let it out. We talked about Barber. Cha ching. Cha ching. About hitting it and going back this year. Unfortunately, due to a couple of people scheduling conflicts, we are going to be bowing out this year on that event. Yeah, it's it just wasn't meant to be this year, I guess. we've. I had a conflict that I knew about, I've known about for a while, and that finally came to fruition. And turns out Rico also has a conflict, so weren't really going to send John there by himself. So... Yeah, looks like we're out for Barber this year, unfortunately. Yep. As they say in Red Sox baseball, there's always next year. There is. That's for Kenny. <laughs> there is. And then the other event I'd probably say, I probably won't be hitting a Spider Adventure, uh, adventure um, in October due to that weekend... I'm going to be taking a trip with the Monomino group from Manio, North Carolina, over to Murphy, across the state. So that's my plan that weekend. And you and I might be taking a long ride before summer's over, but that's not final either. No, we have not done that. We got to work on that one. Yeah, we. Have well, you to need to tell that. me. You got to tell me the information. I'm waiting on you. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Amp. You're welcome to certainly hang out in the downshift with us, but it's been a long time, so I understand if you need to go. But we'll just take a take a moment here to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That'd be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Barbershop riders, Chuck, Chris, and Mike. And the riders group, Steve, who was here on Wednesday. We got to hang out for dinner. Always a good time. And Micah, Jim, Kenny, and Roger rounds out that group. And Darren is our lone insider. So come join Darren. He's lonely in there. It's only a dollar, and that gets you all the patron-only perks, you know, inside um, access to videos, you know, in advance of the public release, and also the Downshift show is in there for just one buck. Loudpipes.net slash donate. And like we say, if you get some value from the show, we'd appreciate a little return, and any amount is appreciated, although I think you will enjoy the levels that we have available. Uh, Merch is coming soon again, loudpipes.net slash store. And additional information from this episode, including links and images. Maybe we'll get an image or two of Amp Spike we can put in there. Uh, links to his YouTube channel, things like that. Loudpipes.net slash 93. And we also have links there to leave us feedback. Subscribe to the show. Follow us on social media. All right, Rico's not here, so kickstands up, Johnny John? Sure, we can do kickstands up tonight. We'll throw a chompila in there for good measure. Chompila. All right. Thanks, Amp. Appreciate it. Well, appreciate it, guys. It's been awesome. Good night. Later. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.